welcome to Solve This Murder. I am your newly appointed New South Wales coroner, Bill. And I am your waste disposal manager, Danny. <laughs> We're on to the autopsy of Murder on the Links. What does a waste disposal manager do in the autopsy? Just keeps throwing know. stuff out? You check the heart yet? All right, thanks. In the bin. Uh, welcome, this is the autopsy for uh, Murder on the Links. Would you have rather I said I was the incinerator? That's fair. If you ever just jumped in because you didn't, because you saw it said, like, it's the newest episode and you've just found out about the show, this is a breakdown of the mystery we just did. So go back and listen to the last mystery we did because this is all spoilers. Uh, that being said, welcome to the show. Danny, that was fun. It's an interesting one, it's isn't it? It's wild. There it did is... get a bit weird by the end. I told you repeatedly that I thought that you would solve some parts, but not other parts. The three parts that I have in mind being the fake murder. Fake murder, which I didn't get until right at the end. The Bella segment of the false confessions. And sure. then the real solution. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, look, I think earlier, look, I'm very glad I don't have to make an apology episode where I apologise for doubting <laughs> Mrs. Renault's story. I'm glad it was as fake as it was. I think it was nice to go back and to re-examine in my head, like, how she reacted to finding the body. Because mm. at first it was, that story is fake. And then it was, oh, she reacted fairly, like, uh, freaked out about the body, so the story must be real. Which is, this is exactly the thing that Poirot goes through in the story. As in, like, she, she, she didn't kill her husband or something. Like, she clearly, like, it sounded like she was covering for killing her husband. And then it seemed like, oh, no, she was not because she's really distraught about seeing her husband. But then it only dawned on me, like, part, like, seven in a re-examination. Like, no, she wasn't sad to see her husband. She, she was, was shocked. shocked to see her. She was like, what the hell is going on? Mm. That's Paul. What? Oh, my God. That is my husband. What? It wasn't like a, a moment of, of oh, yeah, seeing him like this. It's remind No, it was like a, wait, what? And that was like the key to she didn't think her husband was dead. She thought the vagabond was dead. Mm. Obviously, I wasn't going to get that until I found the, the second body. Like uh, there were certain elements about the fake murder that didn't click in until I realized there was another body to have the murder have been faked, right? You see someone's body, you're not like, well, that's a fake murder. Um. But yeah, that was fun. And it was fun to piece that together. And it was one of those clarifying moments of like, oh, like it was really lovely. You prompted me to go back and start like ticking stuff off and be like, yes, mm. that relates to this part. That relates to this part. So what's left that isn't part of the original plan? Yeah. I, I kind of like that. It's like solve a mini mystery and then pull that mystery out and see what clues are left for the real mystery. Uh -huh. You know, and I, I really like it. It's kind of like um, when there's a theft or something. And you go, wait a minute, okay, so all this stuff I was finding about like people being free or people breaking in or this, that, how much of this relates to the theft that happened during this mystery and how much relates Absolutely. to the murder? Absolutely, a good, a, a big classic thing, Agatha Christie thing. A big thing in Agatha Christie's is having multiple crimes or plans in some way going on at the same time and needing to filter them piece by piece and categorise them appropriately. Uh, it's, a really, it's a really fun little thing to do. Uh, I've got, so you, how many notes, you said you had how many pages of notes for this? Uh, like five pages? Five pages. I think I've got more notes than you do. I mean, quite possibly. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, and a little bit. Mm. So pretty much the same, actually. That's kind of fun. Um, man, that was fun. So what, what do we need to go, what do we want to go over? One of the things that you said to me off, off air was that you thought I would get the... Fake the, the faking his death stuff earlier than I did. A little bit, because when I read through the story, that part I got pretty much right away. As Even soon before as, you found the second body? As soon as she saw the body of her husband and fainted, 
I went, she didn't know that was going to happen. Interesting. Now, so were you, were you, when you were reading it, were you waiting for there to be another body that popped up or, or like, do you think it was meant to be a, a false, like there wasn't meant to I be a body? I wasn't waiting for a second body in particular, but uh, no, I really wasn't. I don't remember my thoughts when the second body actually showed up now mm. that we mention it. Because if like, if she didn't expect there to be anybody, surely she would be freaking out when she was asked to identify the body. So clearly she expected there to be a body. Because she wasn't like, wait, identify the body? What the hell? Oh my God, what are you talking about? Like, she, that was part of her plan originally. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I truly don't remember That's where right. I was at that point. Uh, the big thing, now, I read this years and years ago. I'm not sure exactly when it could have been when I was 14 or something. And I don't remember having too many thoughts about this one. I do recall finding the actual whodunit aspect very hard to follow mm. because apparently I remembered there being twists. But the big one that I remembered was the twin thing. Ah, uh, yes. I Which remember was not that... as big an issue, the twin. No. It was always the same And yet girl. it was the only thing I remembered from this book and why I was so reluctant to read it. Because I went, oh, yeah, it breaks that rule of twins being a thing. And so I was pretty sure in my memory I was going, yep, there are definitely twins. One of them I know Hastings ends up married to, so she's the good one. But throughout the story they like swap places and he meets one of them and thinks it's the same mm. one again. And then it turns out the other one was the murderer. And no, I just, yeah, apparently... 15 to 20 years really just warps your memory of that because that really wasn't true. And I think what's nice about it, like in terms of like breaking the rules of using twins or whatever, is I don't even know if they were twins. Like once yeah. a, once Hastings saw the other one, he was like, oh, you're a different person. There was no like, no one who knew who they were was ever confused over which one it was. So in the book, uh, it happens. Uh, I changed a lot of little oh, things. Maybe you just book. made it better then. Uh, I think it happens. They when Jack gets arrested, mm. Poirot and Hastings search through his room. Poirot finds a letter from Bella with her picture, and Hastings oh, goes, "Oh my god, that's, that's her!" The girl on they the go train. and they find it, and like Hastings goes, professes his love for her, and tells her to run away, even though he knows that she did the murder. And she goes, "Yeah, okay." And she Come does on, that. Hastings. But then after, when they realise that it was the sister all along, Poirot just rips into him and says, you really thought they looked the same? Yeah, you confess your internal what? love to a woman you couldn't even tell a yeah. her part from her sister in a photo. Um, so, no, they are seemingly twins, but... Yeah, but not you know, that that level twins. of they're... identical twins, but you can always tell the difference. If well, you've they're known fraternal twins. If, yeah, maybe. But they look very similar. Mm. Um. But yeah, so so then going back through everything, like I think we we kind of covered all of the structure of it. Like I did a pretty clear, like boom, 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 step by step breakdown of it. Yeah, absolutely, and it did need some event leading because there are just lots of things going on, lots of things that if I had actively decided to, I could have cut out. We didn't need Gerard there. No, like, but he was fun. He was a great character little character. Everything. He was yeah. lovely to have around. <laughs> there were lots of things. Um, Leone, the maid, has a sister. Oh. It was yeah. Who cares? Yeah, one of them was the one who found Mrs. Renault tied up, and the other one was the one who did all the eavesdropping downstairs. But, eh, that didn't seem to so matter. So there were like two maids, and that you just kind of flumped into one. Yeah, they, they were sister maids yeah, as who well. Needs that? It really Although, unless matter. that was meant to make me start thinking about sisters. Yeah, but I, I was can't already, imagine. I was so already introduced they, to the person they in the didn't context reappear. of their sister. <laughs> yeah, um, we had things like a lot of evidence. There were 
hairs left around on things. Oh. Like, oh, there was a hair wrapped around the handle of the knife and things. And I just went, oh, yeah, it's a dark hair, slightly long, so it could be from a woman or a slightly long-haired man, which oh, Jack yeah. apparently is. Oh, and okay. I just go, this is just ruling this out everybody except Marta. And also, one of them, they ended up saying, oh, yes, it's uh, Mrs. Renaud's hair. It just so happened, like, she's mostly grey, but not that one. That just happened to be one of the dark hairs on her head. Oh, oh, so I yeah. just, this is not it, helping good, anything. I think that's a very good cut, yeah. especially for me trying to figure it out. That feels like it's, it's just it's just padding the mystery. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I had, I had a lot of fun. I, I still maintain there is an insanity to the idea of, like, hey, we should fake your death, and him being like, well, let me tell you about a murder I did 20 years yeah. ago. Let's just copy that. It does. Like, that's the worst way to fake your death, it's to one copy of those, a murder that already exists. It's one of those things. Poirot does have a little bit of monologuing about how people aren't creative. They like their patterns and they like to stick with things that they know. Sure, Poirot. Sure. One of the difficulties that I really had mm. with running this one is that you are not a stupid person. And, but oh Hastings boy, <laughs> in this one, this is an early book, Hastings has some dreadful moments, and I had to force you into well, yeah, one was, of them. There was one of the, yeah, there was one earlier where it was like, oh. she clearly wants to see the body, and I clearly don't want to let a random person in like ruin my crime scene, but I need to for the story to happen. Yep. Like, that is required information for this And for you aren't allowed story. to then, after she's gone, check the crime scene to make sure that everything's the I need to have enough same. time to make it ambiguous oh. to still be a mystery. Yeah, so there were moments where it's like the impetus of the story is the fa is a failure on the part of the detectives, which I didn't make, so I needed to be told, hey, make this mistake. Yeah. Um, were there other ones where you could have done that more? Or were there ones where I just happened to fail in the exact same way that Hastings oh, did? Oh, I don't think you ever failed in the exact same um, way that Hastings did. I just tried in certain ways to let you actually get them. Like a lot of the stuff with Bella, like making an association between her and Jack, yeah, he doesn't do that until after Jack's arrested. Oh, are you kidding me? He had a note it's from terrible. Bella. The idea that uh, the two men had swapped coats at some stage. Oh, no, that is Poirot just says, oh, funny, he wore his coat rather long. And, yeah. No, again, Hastings. Learn three quarters a of a book before that happens. It's, it's embarrassing, really. The real question is, where's Hiram Trap? <laughs> <laughs> he was a good honourable man who wasn't having an affair. Fair enough. So he went on with his life. Um, yeah, one of the ones I told you about this off air, but I gotta tell everybody else. After reading about the Baraldi case, Hastings says to Poirot, Oh, thank you. You've made it so clear. I understand everything now. And Poirot says, Really? And he goes, Yeah, well, obviously, Mrs. Dubroy is the woman from this story. True. And she's in love with the vagrant. <laughs> Why? Why would this be true? Uh, uh, the idea that mysterious rich man who nobody knows anything about his past could have been someone from this 20-year-old story just didn't occur to him. Come on, they wanted to steal the Jack <laughs> Ruby. Um, yeah, okay, that's hilarious. Yeah, so that was a wild bit. The, 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 the doing the same murder 20 years apart sort of thing. But, but one time real and one time You felt very fake. confident before that happened that this was just all about Jack and it was a Jack thing and then this story really, came out yeah, and you went, it being Jack wait, this heavy. has nothing to do with Jack. Yeah, this brought it back to, to Madame Dubroy <laughs> because this was brought, and it was specifically brought in in the context of like, hey, Poirot, like, at least in my mystery, it was like, go find out who Mrs. Dubroy is. Yeah. And he comes back with this. 
is it done? Is that like the impetus in the the novel as well? Did they say she looked familiar, find out who it was, and then hasty, and then they find out? I mean, more or less, it's Poirot says. Yeah. I reckon I've seen her before in a murder case. Considering the murder happened in Paris, I don't know why he had to go to England in order to find things about it, but he did. He mm. literally, it's exactly as it happened. He goes back to England to find a newspaper article about it, which he brings back to Hastings. Wild. The timing of the events that happened there were a little bit wild because. Uh, what happens in the book there is it's while he is away that the second murder is discovered. Poirot comes back all happy, and then Hastings said, and you hear there's been another murder. And Poirot goes, what? <laughs> this doesn't fit with anything, I thought. This wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait. Yes, it does. It does. It's like a 50-year-old tan French man, right? And he was stabbed as well. Oh, good on you, Poirot. I love it. Um. Yeah, that was fun. I did like. I felt legitimately guilty for a while, even though I know I didn't make that decision. When it was like there was a second stabbing with that knife, and I was so sad. I was like, I let, even though Danny made me, I still let another man die. And then it was interesting that it turned out no, that he was dead already. Mm. He'd been dead for two days. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so quite interesting. My... Trying to keep time straight in this was quite fascinating. Yeah, I always feel I always worry when I ask you these questions because I know that like in the book, I'm sure that every time something happens. There's not a, and this was happening at exactly 11 p.m. on this date. No, but there's so just I, enough that it's really thrown me. Like, mm. they are investigating the room. They find the stopwatch, and they say, it says it's 7 o'clock now, but it's 5 o'clock. And to my knowledge, they are still just there in the morning. Mm. I have no idea Where how time, time passed goes, yeah. in that regard. It, that one definitely threw me a lot. I think during the record, I think we did a pretty good uh job at keeping the timeline of events consistent and clear God, for the I people so. listening at home. I think we did. Oh boy, because yeah, like, quite that something. The day of the murder. That happened today. This is yes, like I think we were fairly clear, but I hope everyone at home, I hope you didn't have any trouble with it. Um and so the other thing, the other big change and really mm-hmm. the biggest change was how the ending works. Which Yeah, well, so what was the difference in the ending? It was very different. I had to try to balance it carefully in giving you some agency, but there's so much story going on, like the whole knife. Oh, here's the knife and stuff. No, completely different. So where should we start? Jack gets arrested. That's fine. He does indeed have his little mini trial or whatever it is and is completely listless. And then at that point is when Bella walks in and announces to the fake court, nope, I did it. You have already met up with Dulcie and said, run away. I know you did it. Then that happens. She confesses. Chapter ends. Then you get a letter from Dulcie explaining everything to oh, Hastings really? about throwing the knife away and stuff like that. Sure. And how, I'm oh glad my God. we did that differently. Yeah, absolutely. Then they go back to talk to Jack. Jack has been released. They're like walking with him back up to the house or something. I don't remember the exact setting. And he's just saying how silly he feels, how it's all his fault that he drove Bella to do something like that. He did indeed see her not far from the golf course at that point. So he goes into the house. I don't know. Everyone's just sort of hanging there. His mum, newly recovered from her week-long head trauma, has <sighs> woken up and yells that she is disowning him. First thing tomorrow, she's writing him out of the will because he let this happen. Sure. And then that evening... Poirot, Hastings, and Dulcie all like lurk around outside waiting for something to happen. Great. Because 
they because Poirot made her say that and told her to pub- publicly make that announcement ah. because now Marta thinks he is actually going to be written out of the will for good unless, first thing tomorrow unless she dies so she comes in needle in hand ready to make it look like a suicide and instead it turns into a little brawl where Marta ends up dead alright wild and it's out of nowhere and there are stupid little adjustments that would have had no place in this like oh they quickly looked at uh, Marta's house just to make sure everything was going on there. They saw her silhouette in the window, so Poirot was comfortable. This, uh, Hastings at this point has no idea that he suspects Marta <laughs> All at right. this point. So they just looked in their window for no reason, saw Marta's silhouette, and Poirot went, great, we're making good time. So they go up back to the house to stalk outside, and then they hear the f- kerfuffle going on. And Poirot goes, oh no, they must have moved her out of her normal bedroom into another one without telling me so I couldn't keep an eye on her properly. How stupid of the servants to not tell me this. And then, yep, Dulcie acrobats her way in to wherever they are. And they do this, and it turns out that the silhouette they saw in the house was actually Madame Dubreuil. They look very similar in silhouette form. Yeah, of course they do. They didn't know that Marta was already there. It's a really wildly chaotic chapter. I have one thing I want to... Follow up on a little bit, which I think Please. in the final episode we mentioned, and I didn't want to didn't want to harp on it because it would have been a break in the action a bit too much. Mm. So, in terms of them seeing each other, in terms of Jack seeing Bella and All Bella right, seeing sure. fake Jack. So the theory is, or the feeling is, can I can I try and break this down a little bit more? Can I say, first of all, I do not believe that she was meant to have seen fake Jack. I believe they actually just happened to see each other nearby, and therefore each one thought the other one was responsible when they later heard a murder. Okay, happened. so they just sort of see each do we Do we know exactly where and how they saw each other, or they just sort of saw each other at... Because so, I, didn't, I didn't quite know the exact timing that would have all made sense, but I suppose it just does, if she was around and he was around. Is it is it as vague as that? They just They just at some point saw the other and knew that they were in town? <clears throat> so yes, uh, I'll tell you exactly what Jack says. He had reached, he decided to take a shortcut across the golf links to get back to the, to Marta's house and said, I heard a terrible cry, not loud, a sort of choke gasp. It frightened me. I stood rooted to the spot. Then I came around the corner of a bush. It was moonlight. I saw the grave. I saw a figure lying downwards with a dagger sticking out of it. And then I looked up and saw her looking at me as though she'd seen a ghost. And she was horrified. She gave a cry, turned and ran. And then he, dazed, walked 15 kilometers to the next town over and caught, uh, and got a car or a train or something from there. <laughs> a wild. Yeah. So, so, they, so he saw the body and then... And saw then, her. then they saw each other. And yes. she was like, oh my God, he stabbed the body. And yep. he was like, oh my God, she stabbed the body. Exactly. Okay, lovely. That makes sense. That makes a bit more sense in terms of the timing of it. Wonderful. It is true. The timing of that was baffling. I do not know why she left the house and then hung around the golf course yeah, for an hour. Maybe she was just crying in the golf course. Or maybe she plays golf. <laughs> maybe she thought it should get a quick back nine. Oh. So, is there anything else that we want to break down with this one? I think I had a lot of fun with it. How did you feel it went compared to Styles? Interesting. I think it was smoother than Styles, weirdly. Yeah? I think most of the time I had a good idea of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to know, and most of the episodes were new information and then slotting that in, the new information and slotting it in, whereas Styles was a lot of like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and try, like, I felt more with Styles that I was, I, I had no, like, with the information I had, I had no idea what it meant. Whereas with this, I felt like I was getting new information, which helped me reevaluate. But at all points, I sort of had a feeling of what I knew. Mm. Like, I never felt like I was collecting stuff that I was looking at being like, what the hell is this going to be? Whereas stars had a lot of like, and now this 
well, I won't spoil it for people who haven't listened to it, but a lot more like holding on to things, the whole mystery being like, but what the hell explains this? I still have no yeah. explanation for that. I still have no explanation for this. I still have no explanation I for that. I think there was a lot more physical investigation for you to do definitely, in Styles. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. This one, you got to do more body looking at. The Styles didn't have much of a body situation. No, no, but you're right. But they had a little searching bit more. the room, there was a lot to pay attention to in mm. that room that the murder happened in. Yeah, true. Um, and then in this one, yeah, like... It didn't feel, I felt more in control. So even when I was wrong about stuff, it was like, oh, new information has come to light. That means I reassessed my theory and new theory. Mm-hmm. But my old theory was strong and then my new theory was stronger rather than flumming, like being having no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, there were certain moments where it was like, and now this person, like the confessions really made me be like, wait, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, wait. But for the most part, I think it was, um, it was more like building the case as opposed to finding all my blocks and having no idea how to put them together. Mm-hmm. Which I think was maybe more like what Styles was. Yeah. What was interesting, I felt, mm. uh, there aren't that many characters that I want to say, but you sort of, I don't know, of the four characters, you pinpointed the guiltiest feeling <laughs> sure. ones pretty early on. You knew that something was up with them. It was clear when lies were happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it was, yes. I think that the cast of like characters was like, it was just. That's a lie. This is a lie. And I was just trying to work out the details. Mm. I have a question, follow up as well. Yeah. What do you think from this mystery that was written as a murder mystery, but we turned it into a game? But what what could we take as lessons or or ideas into ones that we write in the future? Is there anything that to, to learn from this? I quite liked getting that clar- the the wording I just had a second ago of like when there's a mystery and a sub mystery trying to like work on what clues could be masquerading as one or the other and how to pull them all out. So perhaps when you come up with a crime, don't just come up with the murder, come up with two crimes and list them out, mm. uh, the things that would happen for those crimes and then intertwine them. Yeah, and I will say already uh, there may be elements of that in future ones I've been thinking Yay. about and working on and, and, and looking at that idea because it is like a, a kind of a classic murder mystery thing. But I think this was a nice example of how to do that. How that's to cool. Ex- how to the mi- tricky part them. is to make it not feel like, what a, that's a bit of an odd coincidence, and to actually tie them in some way. There yes. is some reason that two of these unlikely things would be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like in this case, like the timing of the One murder of them was because the of the timing of the fake murder, yeah. like all that sort of stuff, right? So so that is a smart thing as well. They shouldn't. It shouldn't feel unrelated, mm. right? Like the classic thing is just important person is here, so someone kills them, but also important person had the crown jewels. <laughs> so there's someone else is there to steal them, right? It's like yeah. the presence of the important person in this situation that makes them vulnerable draws multiple types of predators. That's possible. Right? So I think that's a kind of a classic thing. Yeah. Um, I think that something to learn from this one and styles put together is already just from the two of them. There are noted, you're feeling the tropes already. Mm. There is a will situation, yep. for instance. There is, I don't know, ambiguity of suicide, sickness, death in one of them. The cast of characters, the, you know, the relationship dynamics and the children and their relationships dynamics Mm. being parts of it. And it's just kind of like a, yeah, it's okay. When a thing that I was struggling with recently when trying to write another one was murder's kind of a big deal. There aren't all that many satisfying motives that you can do in this. Obviously, Mm. in the real world, there are a lot of people who just, I don't know, their brain breaks for a minute. But that's not satisfying for a murder mystery. mystery. That's not a puzzle. And trying to come up with something that feels 
rational while being naturally such an irrational thing to do, it's really difficult to find something that would push a yes. character that much. And I guess that's why you end up finding the same motives over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that, you know what, that's okay. Have these same motives. It's fine. Yeah, and just, and just, just write the, the just write the, the word missing will. You're good. Yeah. I think one thing that I liked about this and uh, which which is is a fun element for these sorts of mysteries is I kind of like hinting early on at kind of like goals. Like I like that feeling when you're investigating going like, well, what do I have now that are my unknowns? So like early on I had this, I know there was some kind of conflict there, mm. but people don't want to tell me about it. I need to find out about what that fight was about or I need to find out you know, what this secret was. I need to find out who the, like, kind of like really like front load these unknowns early on is something I think that we don't really do as much with ours. And I really like that. I like the feeling of, by the way, first thing you learn is there was something strange happening two days ago, but that's all the details you get. So then you have this feeling of like, I got to think about two days ago, two days ago. How do I find out what was going on two days ago? Like, I think without necessarily just picking on it in a procedural style way, which is a problem from the start. Mm. Like you can't now just make that, oh, something happened two days ago. This is now all I care about until I find an answer to it. Yes. That, that's also the balance, I suppose. Mm. But I kind of like it. The other thing that these have, I think, I like more physical evidence. Mm. And I think with, with um, uh, in-flight incident, I tried to work in a little bit more physical evidence Absolutely. Stuff. Uh, and I like that. I want to do more of that. I like the, the, the detective part as well. I think there's some joy to that. There's some fun at searching around and finding stuff. Uh, that was definitely the biggest thing that I didn't include. How much of this book is Hastings just going, oh, yeah, Gerard knows how to be a real detective. <laughs> yeah, well, I did that too. <laughs> and, Poir- and Poirot just going, oh, no, you're going to regret that. Yeah. You're going to regret saying that. This is stupid. Um, but, and but then just like... snipping at each other, mm. Poirot and Gerard. But I love it. I do like a little bit of physical evidence. I think it's Also, fun. Bex does not like Gerard, which um, is nice. funny. Um, I like notes as well. We've done a we we haven't really dealt with this, but I like like we had one from um, when we had Neil uh, in the rock and roll mystery. Yeah, that was what a... was that called? That was um, <laughs> I can't remember what we called it. The rock and roll one. But I like this idea of like here is a statement, mm. and it exists in its entirety without being able to be interrogated. And I think notes are good for that, as is in yeah. that case, it's like a recorded message. It's like like this exists. It is not something that you asked about. It's not something you've inferred. You have a refer like something you can refer to that is a written or recorded statement of some facts. That's true. That is good. And then tying that into the case. I think it's a fun element to have. You think all I all I need to do is just focus on making cold case solve this murders? <laughs> Maybe, but a little bit like that. Like so like but it's good. I love doing the investigation. I love questioning people. I love catching them out in lies. But it's nice to have as an element, as an added thing, a couple of like concrete this was written, this was thought, mm. this was said. And then learning what that means, it's a fun, different sort of way of looking at stuff. And it's like a mix between finding fingerprints and interrogation, finding previous written or recorded thoughts of a person, which I really like. And mm-hmm. also, now that I think about it, an element that may be popping up in the next mystery that I write. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> in fact, yes, now that I think about it, Definitely probably will be in there. Interesting. So so there's elements like, which I like. So I like seeing that that's in here and was enjoyable here and I can sort of tweak the way I want to use that. Um, we also, it, it's tough with these pre-written ones even more so than the others. 
uh, is that we had a moment early on, I don't know how much of it made the final edit, where you knew that Jack was going away to South America. So you went, hey, can I just go to the port and see if I can Hmm. stop that happening or whatever? To which I just sort of paused and I wondered and I thought, I could probably make this happen and it probably wouldn't matter. I also know that in the book, Jack just comes home because the boat never came. (laughs) This will resolve itself. And I didn't know what to do. So I just told you this will resolve itself if you want. And But I could have, mm. if you had wanted that to happen badly, probably could have made that one work. Yeah, but it is interesting. Uh, it's a tough balance well, to try to said, figure out what is allowed to change and what isn't. So one of the things, well, this is interesting because one of the things that happened in this mystery was, like we were talking about earlier, this feeling of Hastings has to make an incorrect decision mm. so that more mystery can happen. Yeah. And I wonder whether as well, having those sorts of um, like action-based choice points could be something that's interesting to play with in our mysteries to just be like at this point right like i know that they're getting through the investigation let's say it becomes evening on the first day of the investigation (laughs) at this point if the detective you know danny or bill whoever like thinks to have checked on this element then the next morning this will happen if they don't check on that at all it means there'll be another murder and here that is. Good God, but then, that's complicated. Yeah, right. But I like the idea of like so many of these detective things, like there is consequence for action. And I wonder if they'd be like sort of little like looping little versions of the flowchart of a mystery that you could make to be like, let's try and give their action some weight. You know, a little bit like, uh, a little bit like, you know, when you're playing like a Dark Souls thing, like, oh, you didn't buy all the person's spells <laughs> by the end of the first chapter. Well, that means that they die. Mm. But if you did, then they live. So like these things that feel like innocuous things that you do, but it's like, ah, because you do. And then that gets them more information, but then you have to make sure you're not handicapping them if they go one way or the other, right? But I like this, you could do, like, you could be like, if they go this way, they see the murder happen. If they go this other way, it happens without them observing it. But in recompense, they get this other piece of information. Mm. Like, you know, like playing with this. And then that'd be interesting to have some actual choices with weight that are legitimately and earnestly made during the investigation. Yeah, maybe. But it'd be pretty hard. You'd have yeah. to really flowchart it out well. I mean, how do you feel in regards to something like Who Killed Harlow Thromby, the Choose Your Own Adventure story? Because that is making choices that certainly impact what happens. True, true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, I, I just think it's nice. I think it feels good. I think it feels good to be able to, like, if I had done it right, I could have stopped the second murder, but instead I got the information from the second murder. Like, I think it's it's fun and in terms of not so much the puzzle of the mystery, but the narrative of the story hmm. is a fun thing to play with. Uh, it's interesting. I'm worried about making people actually responsible for a second fictional murder. I, I legitimately, <laughs> even though I knew I wasn't responsible, yeah. I kind of felt responsible for it in this one, but I think it's good. I think I think it's fun to have a moment of being like, now I'm really invested. Before I was just solving a puzzle for a murder mystery show, but now I have to avenge the death of a fake character. <laughs> I'm into it now. I think there's some value to that. Ah, that's interesting, because I exclusively do these to keep it feeling like a puzzle and to keep it feeling as unreal and unemotionally invested as possible. Yeah. True crime cases. Maybe I should go out and murder someone (laughs) in real life, and if you can't solve it, I'll murder again. Mm. All right, well, I think we're probably good to finish this. Oh, yeah. I I just wanted, because it was my highlight even though it came super late in it, was when you discovered there may have been the possibility of two knives. Mm-hmm. The two knives is great. Because you just went, how would it get from one to the other and then back to the other body? And I just told you, simple explanation. And you yeah. got it and you just went, that that's not yeah. that what happened. 
And then that indeed brought you to the conclusion, well, there's two knives. Why not He's three? a bad present person. Nailed it, by the way. It's yeah. just, yeah, he just gives it to every woman. Yeah. Every, <laughs> women, oh, women love, dude, dude, women love it when you give them knives made out of the wires of planes. And then naturally you consider, did he give one to Marta as well? And I was very excited. Oh, you were so happy to be able to throw me off that scent. what would happen with that? Because I knew even bringing up that search as a possibility was a gamble. As soon as I said you don't find one, you might have gone. Because that's the real knife. Yeah. But not, I was like, all right, whatever. And then when it came back, to was like, well, of course she didn't have one because it's in the body or it's and in the ocean. The way that takes place in the book is Poirot literally says to Dulcie at some point off, off camera, uh, hey, can you just look through your sister's things? If you find the knife, can you bring it to me? Ah, fun. And so she does, and that's how he Instead knows. you had her be like, you mean this knife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Which was a better, I, I enjoyed that a bit more. <laughs> All right, well, I loved it. I loved, but, yeah, I loved we, the We lives. never see the sisters interacting in the same scene in the oh, book. Oh, well, you did it better. Good work, Danny. You made it more enjoyable at the end. <laughs> uh, they were slightly better for our purposes. For our purposes. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I hope some of you, if, if you were interested, uh, partook in the offer that's always present, which is sign up for the Patreon. You get the whole arc on day one. Uh, on, uh, I hope it was made this clear. This was a long one. This stretched out for like yeah, two if you, months. If you were giving us the five bucks a month, you could have got uh, the full eight uh, in 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 one day. Or maybe you know, some people get that and they still paste it out every week. So I don't worry too much. <laughs> but I hope I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you if you enjoyed it, a new mystery will be coming out at some point soon. Uh, I say that every time, but they are getting sooner. Every uh, we're getting back into the groove. Twenty twenty three is the year of solve this murder. So. <laughs> We're getting right into it. There'll be another mystery soon, if not already coming out in a second. I don't know. But thank you. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can sign up for the Patreon. It's never a requirement, obviously. Like This is free entertainment. But if you sign up for the Patreon, you get benefits like getting all the episodes at once, but also listening to a, a, an extra show that we have where we solve two-minute mysteries, little kind of puzzles written by Donald J. Sobel, and we try and figure out the, the, the crimes committed in those. Uh, we've got... Uh, other stuff for... Oh, sorry. There are other bonus... There's a whole backlog of bonus episodes, including the original murder mysteries that led to this show becoming its own thing. And if you and haven't, why not check out our other show? A lot of you are here just for Solve This Murder, but you, if you enjoy us and you enjoy trying to solve and follow along and figure it out, you can see uh, our other show, Escape This Podcast, where we have escape rooms where we, and guests come on and try and solve all these puzzles and get through the story and the narrative and escape. And they're all self-contained, all done in one hour as people get out. Uh, but they're fun and you can play them at home and you can play along. And it's, it's a lovely show if you haven't and checked it out. And especially in the long-form ones, there's often mystery to it as well. Yes, yes. We also have long-form 10-episode arcs where there's a connected mystery and story that ties all the escape rooms together. So if you haven't given Escape this podcast a listen, go and check it out. If you also want to support the show without giving money, uh, either because you already are or because you don't want to, which is perfectly fine, the best thing you can do is spread the word. Tell a friend about the show, tell an enemy about the show, jump online, leave a review, or go to a place where people talk about podcasts and say, hey, if you like that, why not check out Solve This Murder? Word of mouth is the best way to get podcasters to listen, or to get podcasts Listened into people's to. ears, right? If you want people to listen to them, Tell them. So if you enjoy the show, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a stranger on the internet. It would be very helpful. Uh, and we'll see you soon for another mystery. This one written by me for me. Oh. Oh, I see. With all yeah, proceeds going to me. <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media Network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com.
gmail.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.